Welcome to Let's Talk Sustainability, the Mazars podcast series that explores the evolving sustainability landscape for business. In each episode, we hear from experts on a range of environmental, social, and government issues as they share best practice for building solid sustainability strategies and identify varied and valuable opportunities for business. Today, we're speaking with Maud Godry, Global Head of Sustainability for Mazars. Welcome, and thank you for joining us, Maud. Hello, thank you for inviting me. There's a lot of talk these days about taxonomy. So today, we're going to be unpacking this piece of legislation, its role in the fight against climate change, and what it means for businesses. Let's start with the basics. What is taxonomy? Well, taxonomy is many things, but maybe first, it's a cornerstone tool of the European Green Deal and the European Sustainable Finance Strategy. The first one, the the Green Deal, is the definition of the European sustainability goals. And the sustainable finance strategy is how the European Union intends to implement and reach its goals. And within that uh, finance strategy, there's a key aspect, which is how financial institutions throughout Europe will have to channel investments, massive amount of investments, towards what we, we call and are defined by the taxonomy as being sustainable, meaning how they contribute to um, uh, reaching our European sustainability uh, goals. So it's concretely speaking, it's actually two things. First, it's a tool for investors and more broadly for financial institutions that will be used by banks and asset managers as well to help them identify those companies that will be contributing to a sustainable economy as it's defined by the European Green Deal and those who are not contributing to those goals. So it's it's an allocation tool. Seen from the preparer's perspective, the um, the economic entities, it's also a tool to really assess their position against the European transition tra- trajectory. Everyone is starting from a different uh, starting point. We have some uh, clarity around where we want to go. And in terms of uh, climate, uh, we know we have to reduce our uh, greenhouse gas emissions by 55% by 2030. How do we get there? How am I, you know, an economic player um, based on, on my current operations and activities? How am I contributing to reaching that goal? Am I ahead of the curve? Am I on the trajectory? Am I lagging behind? And, and what do I need to, uh, to do about this? So very concretely, what is that tool? How does it look like? It's a list of sustainable activities. It's, it's a mapping of those sectors and activities that have the potential to be considered green or, or sustainable, depending on whether you use the uh, official term or, or the uh, uh, day-to-day term. Wh- what are those activities and, and based on, uh, on, on what criteria? So today, the taxonomy only deals with environmental objectives. There are six of them. Two are linked to climate change. There's climate change mitigation and climate change uh, adaptation. And for those two uh, first objectives, there are enough details so that the taxonomy is readily implementable. And the remaining four will be covered by uh, additional uh, details uh, in a year from now. 
And those objectives include sustainable use and protection of water and marine resources, transition to a circular economy, water prevention and recycling, pollution prevention, and protection of healthy ecosystems. Today, the, the uh, European uh, Commission is considering whether it would make sense to extend the taxonomy to uh, additional um, sustainability dimensions. And there might be, further down the road in a few years from now, a taxonomy about social and governance aspects as well. But, but that's clearly not for, for today nor tomorrow. Okay, so how does taxonomy work exactly? So concretely, as I said, the objective is to identify uh, within an entity's uh, business model and, and business portfolio, which one of its activities are aligned with the European sustainability goals. And it's also important to know whether they are not aligned or misaligned and to start thinking about, you know, what changes should be made to those um, businesses so that they are either contribute to that transition path or at a minimum are protected from the consequences of climate change. So very concretely speaking, the taxonomy works on a two-step approach. Uh, the first step is called eligibility and the second is about alignment. So let me say a few words about uh, what eligibility uh, really means. It's, it's actually the, that list of sectors and activities that are identified by the taxonomy as being uh, having the potential to, to contribute to the transition. It's based on the current uh, breakdown of the NACE system that's uh, already used in Europe. It covers 13 sectors and within those 13 sectors, there are 80 activities and why 13 and not 14 or 12? It's because those sectors have been identified as being those who are responsible for more than 90% of our European greenhouse gas emissions. So basically, those are the sectors where we need to make the most changes rapidly to reduce our emissions. Which, which leaves uh, a bit outside of the taxonomy. And it's been part of uh, many discussions about, you know, the scope of the taxonomy. But for the, for the time being, that, that's where we are. It, th that list of eligible activities will probably be extended as soon as the end of this year, including some sectors that are currently excluded, uh, such as uh, agriculture, for example, and, and uh, some, some uh, energy uh, production sectors as well. You were just talking about eligibility. Could you please elaborate when it comes to alignment? Yes. So that, that's the second step that is complementing the, uh, the first one. Alignment is determined by checking compliance with three criteria. Uh, the first one is that the activity must significantly contribute to at least one of the six environmental objectives. And that significant contribution is assessed based on technical screening criteria that are science-based that are defining the level of expected environmental performance. So it's setting a threshold of performance that needs to be met for the activity to be considered aligned and, and therefore sustainable. The second criteria is that the activity must not significantly harm any of the other objectives. It's a good thing to contribute positively to one objective as long as it doesn't destroy or create negative impacts to other uh, environmental objectives. And the third one is that beyond environmental considerations, 
any activity has to comply with the minimum safeguards dealing with human rights, right? It's a good thing to try to, to treat the environment right. It's also a good thing to uh, treat your people and the people in general right. That includes uh, complying with the uh, UN and OECD guidelines. Uh, those are the two obvious ones, but, but, but there are other references in, uh, in that field. If those three conditions are met, then an activity that is eligible, so that is part of those uh, 80 activities listed, becomes aligned and is considered to contribute to uh, the collective transition path. Okay, thank you, Maud. That's more clear now. What does this mean for business? What action should they take? First, let me clarify one point. Not all companies are subject to the taxonomy. Only those that are in scope of the current NFRD, that directive at the European level that sets uh, sustainability reporting requirements, are actually concerned. And those are large and listed companies. So that's they all have a legal obligation to report information against and in compliance with the taxonomy. But other entities that are not subject to that legal obligation may be asked one way or another to report against the taxonomy because they are having relationships with the stakeholders who are subject to this legal obligation and, and need information from a third party to comply with their own uh, reporting uh, obligations. So that's typically going to be the case of reporting requirements cascaded by financial institutions for the reasons, uh, you know, uh, the foundation of the taxonomy itself, allocating the investments to the right uh, projects and activities. It could also come from stakeholders within your value chain, either your suppliers or your clients, because if they are subject to uh, reporting obligations, they might need you to provide some sort of information that will then feed their own taxonomy compliance process. So it's, it's not to be uh, overlooked. I, I would advise companies that are not directly in scope of the taxonomy to still pay attention to it because sooner or later they might have to face some reporting uh, requirements related to that. Second, I would say the, the alignment analysis is clearly not the end of the road. You, you, you will be required to uh, publish information beyond that. And, and the key reporting elements are actually financial indicators. Not surprisingly, since um, they are most and foremost aimed at financial institutions for, for whom financial information is, uh, is uh, key, key to their business. So it's basically three financial KPIs. There are different types of financial institutions sub subject to reporting, but uh, I don't think it's worth going into the detail. What, what is important to have in mind is that those financial indicators are, are mainly um, the share of your turnover, investment expense, so CAPEX and, and operating expense, OPEX, the share of those financial indicators within your global financial indicators. And that proportion will illustrate the extent to which your business model is aligned partly or, or completely or not at all with uh, the European transition path. An another important element to answer your question is uh, very well, now I know what I have to, uh, to do and to report, but when does it start? 
Well, it has started. It starts now if you haven't started yet. The good news is the implementation calendar of the taxonomy has been phased in. So the reporting obligations will go uh, increasingly over over time. For the first time implementation, uh, which starts early 2022 based on uh, reporting year 2021, the entities will have to report their financial KPIs but only on eligible activities. So it's actually going to involve a lot less work than having to produce those KPIs for aligned activities. Still, we are mid-year already. The analysis has to start now so that entities have time enough to then source the um, the information and be ready to publish them early 2022. Okay, so you mentioned for the entities that has eligible activities, but what if an entity has no eligible activities? Does it still have to publish anything? Very good question. The answer is yes. And and the reason is that the, the, the fact that there is no eligible activity is an, a critical information in itself, right? It says none of my activities are within the scope of potentially uh, sustainable activities as defined by the taxonomy. Let's remember one thing. It doesn't mean that those non-eligible activities are bad by nature. It just means one thing. They are not covered by the taxonomy today. They might be covered tomorrow. The European Commission has announced that it will extend the scope of activities covered. Uh, so what is not being covered today um, might be covered tomorrow. And, and for sure, it doesn't mean that um, the activity is unsustainable and contributing negatively to uh, the environmental objectives. Okay, thank you, Mott. So to conclude, what do you predict will be the biggest challenges for businesses? There are a number of challenges. I think mapping activities uh, is is one of them because not all activity, uh, entities report uh, and, and segment their activities based on NACE code, which, which is the basis uh, for the taxonomy classification. Access to data that will support the alignment assessment in application of the uh, technical screening criteria is going to be another challenge. Those are very precise indicators and, and disclosures that not all entities uh, produce and collect. So just sourcing that information that is the basis for the analysis might be another challenge. And related to that, there another important challenge is the knowledge to one understand what the technical screening criteria are about, how to interpret them and how to provide the um, corresponding uh, data. I mean, the, the taxonomy was prepared by experts and scientists whose job it is to, uh, you know, uh, handle uh, climate change uh, challenges. This is not the day-to-day business and knowledge and competence of all, all the uh, entities in scope. So I expect that a number of those entities will have to reach out to experts to help them do that analysis. And, and last one, and is probably and certainly not the least, not every entity today has the appropriate reporting financial control systems, right? The, the, the systems that will find the information, that, the financial information that needs to be reported at the right level of granularity, according to the right breakdown of activity. So there is 
a significant challenge in reshaping some of the uh, data and IT systems within those organizations to be able to provide the appropriate financial information. This will clearly be a significant and pot potentially costly effort for most, if not all, uh, entities in scope of uh, the taxonomy. But I think it's very important to emphasize the fact that it's also a business opportunity. It's not just a compliant exercise. It's about identifying where one entity stands in terms of alignment with the transition path, what the exposure and, and the vulnerability to the consequences of climate change uh, could be, how are my activities prepared to face those challenges, will I be in a position to uh, operate in a sustainable manner uh, over time. With this analysis comes uh, the identification of business opportunities as well. And that shouldn't be overlooked because that's probably where a number of uh, European uh, economic players will actually reinvent their business model and, and create the sustainable development path that they might not have identified today. Well, thank you, Maud. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, thank you so much for your time today and for helping us understand the pivotal role taxonomy could play in the transition to a low-carbon economy and, of course, what that means for businesses. It's clear that companies will need to pay close attention to the taxonomy and its business opportunities. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Sustainability. To keep up with this series, subscribe on your favorite podcast app or go to mazars.com. <laughs>